0: You're listening to the Intel by Aura podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Intel podcast series. My name is Hedgie Bartol and for this final episode of 2022, we have got a fantastic conversation for you all about connected ecosystems. Now we recorded this recently for a webinar on maximizing APLP impact through a connected ecosystem and wanted to share it with you. I was joined by my fellow orers Bobby Haskin and Tom Batterberry, to talk about what Retail Crime Intelligence Hub actually is, how it differs from traditional case management, and there is a difference. And I asked them to look into their crystal ball, since mine is in the shop, and tell me what the future of Retail Crime Intelligence actually looks like. I hope you enjoy this episode, and we wish all of you a safe and happy holiday season. And we'll catch you in the new year. Welcome to another webinar with Aura. I am here with my friends Tom Batterbury and Bobby Haskins, and we are here today to talk about the Retail Crime Intelligence Hub, or as we also like to call it, the connected ecosystem here at Aura. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about what it means, uh, why we created one, and uh, what it's really going to mean for the retailers out there. So I want to welcome Bobby and Tom. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, And I'll start out why don't we get a little introduction from you folks to so we know a little bit about who you are and what you guys do. So, uh, Tom, tell us a little bit about your role and one key difference between when you started at Aura and where we are today, because it's been a little while
2: now. It has. Thanks, Hedgie. Thanks for hosting us. And, and obviously, when I heard we were doing this topic, uh, I definitely wanted to be a part of this discussion, um, very close to my heart at what we're building at Aura. Uh, so I'm the chief um, strategy and product officer at Aura. I'm one of the co-founders he been doing it for, for 10 years now. Um, and when I say that to people, they often go, shit, did he start the business when he was 10? But um, no, no, <laughs> I didn't. Um, but anyway, one of the things that I've really seen um, change over the last five years is this conversation around connected ecosystem by APLP leaders. So five years ago, it wasn't really a conversation. I've just really noticed it accelerating in the last um, six to 12 months, which I think is is really, really exciting for the industry and kind of what's possible. Um, I guess in terms of enablers for that, we've seen um, new technology and new capabilities coming you know ai you know there's just a whole bunch of things that are now possible that weren't five years ago uh, and then the second piece is that like we're all getting asked to do more with less and, and how do you how do you squeeze more juice out of out of the tools and, and the people that you have to to make more of an impact
1: absolutely and it you know it's something that in in my career has been a hot topic and i've seen coming coming along as well um so bobby uh welcome glad you're here buddy And uh, so tell us a little bit about your role. And why don't you let us know, since you come from the practitioner side, where has the like the North American LPAP industry changed the most since, uh, let's say, your target
0: days? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Edgy. Thanks. uh, Thanks for having myself and Tom. I was excited to participate in these. You know me. I love a good microphone, even if it's virtual. Uh, So uh, (laughs) we sometimes have to take it away
1: from you, but that's okay.
0: This is very true. Now, now you sound like my wife. Um, so, <laughs> you know, this uh, VP of Retail Partnerships for North America here uh, at Aura. I've been with Aura for about four years. So, uh, some of the things that have changed since I started at Aura, or even since my Target days, uh, I am four years older. I am married. I've got one kid <laughs> and almost a second kid on the way at any moment. So that's any uh, kind second of personal any second, you know, that's personally what's changed. Um, But I think from a business perspective, uh, I think probably the biggest change is the practitioners getting more comfortable in the uh, technology space and what that means and how they can leverage technology in the loss prevention asset protection space. I think back to, you know, even before Oren when my days at Target, we were looked at as innovative because we wrapped our arms around some of the new technology. Now I think that's spreading to multiple retailers. You've got uh, some of the, you know, younger generation that's getting into these senior level roles that have grown up with iPhones in their hands. So they know what technology can do, how it helps. And that's starting to play, I think, a big piece into, you know, why we looked at the retail crime intelligence hub here at Aura.
1: Right on. Uh, you know, and, and you're spot on. You know, back in the day, it uh, there was greater risk in adopting a technology too early than, uh, you know, than there was to wait well, now, because of the rate of technology and the rate that it's moving and, and quite honestly, the tools and availability for being able to be more streamlined, there's more risk at waiting than there is in, in adopting and making a move on technology. Because let's face it, you know, you, we wouldn't be able to create the retail crime intelligence hub. Without the the space in technology that we are now, where where you have open systems and open platforms and the ability to work uh, across the network with varying solutions and layering those on on top of each other, so that some of the parts becomes greater than the whole. One plus one equals three. So, in in that regard, um, what? What inspired Aura to create what we're just going to call the RCI hub to make it easier? Uh, obviously, there was a problem, right? You had to start with the problem in order to create a solution. You don't want to create a solution looking for a problem. So, uh, uh, Bobby, or yeah, Bobby, we'll start with you. From an industry perspective, what was the problem and uh, what what kind of was the genesis behind this?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the biggest problem that we were hearing the most of is I've got all of these different systems that I use in my technology um, you know, portfolio, right? I've got a artificial intelligence at my self-checkout that's scanning for you know, non-scans or ticket switching. I've got this push-out containment system at my front end. Um, I've got my internal and external exception-based reporting. I've got all of these different tools, all of these different logins, and every one of those tools contains a little bit of information on people causing loss in my store and in my environment. Um, and so that's where we were hearing just so much of that. Uh, and you know what, it it contributes to the the blindness that a lot of the times as practitioners we have. And what I mean by the blindness is, Tom may be coming into one store, but I only pick him up on my artificial intelligence self-checkout scanning capability once. I don't know who Tom is, but he's probably in that same push-out prevention system at another store, uh, and that's blindness. And they know that they can use that blindness or anonymity against us as practitioners. So that was you know, a lot of what really drove this is how can we start to unify all of these different data points that at the end of the day are focused in on the people causing the most amount of violence and loss in our stores. And how can we get better situational awareness around what those people are doing, where they're at, how they're doing it. So you know, that was kind of the, what we were hearing the most from our retail partners. on.
1: Yeah. And that makes, that makes total sense. Uh, again, it goes back to being able you know, having to do more with less. This is a, a theme that asset protection has had to deal with for uh, <laughs> decades now, quite honestly, unfortunately. So Tom, from a product perspective, uh, you know, let Lay out the the problem there and uh, and what you saw from from that aspect.
2: Yeah, and yeah, to build on what Bobby said, right? Like it always starts from seeing the, the challenges that the customer's facing and then you know, how can we innovate to to bring some solutions that deliver value to market. So I think kind of taking a step back, there's no holy grail single solution that's gonna stop crime in, in retail stores. Like we all know that, right? And so I think the the challenge for AP leaders is how do they How do they get the most? How do they get maximum impact out of the tools they're choosing to invest in and their people? And so for us, like Bobby touched on that whole anonymity piece, like the Aura retail crime intelligence platform is built to solve anonymity. Like that's one of the key things that we're solving. And so, you know, the recent LPRC impact conference, um, Josh, the senior director from Walmart, shared that 10% of people are responsible for 94% of the reported loss walking oh. out of their stores. Like, it's insane, right? Wow,
1: that's huge. That's huge.
2: Exactly. So um, that's pretty crazy. And so that's just what's getting reported into the Aura system and how it's all getting connected together. But if you build on Bobby's point around that in all these different systems, and Bobby used me, so thank you, I'm getting picked up at all these different systems. So there's also anonymity that lives within systems. And so this Retail Crime Intelligence Hub concept is, how do we take away the anonymity living across systems and bring together this this totality view of offending um, to really make it harder for these um, criminal enterprises to succeed and, and get away with it like they have been for the last few decades?
1: Right on and and you know that that really encapsulates you know the problem right the what we're what we're faced with what the retailers are faced with out there, and from there you know it it helped to give us the vision right on on what we saw and where we wanted to to provide assistance quite honestly to our retailers and 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 solve their problems, solve crime, stop the crime, stop the violence in our stores, which has just gotten out of hand, so you know from there, the vision was created, the vision happened. So, you know, let's start from the industry perspective, because, of course, that's where it all comes from to begin with the industry, our customers, those people out there that are that are in the trenches, so to speak. So, Bobby, from an industry perspective, what was the vision as it uh, as it materialized?
0: Yeah, I think when we when we've talked a lot about this over the last year, really, the, the vision came from how can we get all of these different data points in one spot, right? And everyone talks about big data and you know, big data is the, you know, the, the fancy words that we're hearing a lot over the last five years. And when we think about crime intelligence, how can we, our vision is around, how do we create that big data spot for all of your best in class solutions that you have? So you can bring all that spot, you can bring all that data into one spot. We can help make you smarter, Right, make you move faster, make you more, pro, you know, proactive in your approach. Um, so that's really, you know, kind of the vision that we had is is unifying these systems while still allowing you to have a best in class artificial intelligence solution, a best in class exception based reporting solution, uh, and then, you know, Tom's point on the on the last question, Hedgie, is is huge. So. I just want to draw back to that because that is a big piece of our vision. As Tom talked about, we need to remove the anonymity between systems. So Aura does that through this crime intelligence hub. But the even larger point is we need to remove the anonymity from retailer to retailer that these people are are benefiting from. And with this vision and and our vision, we remove both of those. You have a single spot for all of your system's data and you have a spot to collaborate in a trusted way with other retailers remove those silos and then collaborate with law enforcement. So that's the vision that I see from an industry perspective. And, and that's what I, I hope that, you know, as we as we get into the North America retail space with this, we're going to see some great success around.
1: That's really cool. So the, the retailers are able to, to spend more time preventing loss and violence uh, because they, they they have a full view of all the different events from all the different platforms, all the technologies they have out there and focus on those things. You know that that that's really uh, that, that's outstanding. Uh, so so Tom, what about you? What was the, what was the vision as uh, as you built things out?
2: Yes, yeah, so I think um, one of our guiding principles at Aura is to be deliberate. So like we we really think big and think long term and 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 don't look at the status quo. And we think try to think outside the box around what we choose to invest in and, and build for our retail partners. So um, we always come at it like that, and um, we don't. This isn't sort of flash in the pan stuff that we're like, oh, you know, the industry is starting to talk about it now. Let's start talking about it. It's like we've been thinking about this stuff for a long time, um, which is super. That's why it's so exciting that now the industry's um, really starting to progress these opportunities. Um, So I think to even pick up what Bobby uh, was saying just before, like this opportunity for the whole industry to collaborate, like that just... Like, everyone's wanted to do that for a long time, but no one's actually been able to enable that. And again, we're not doing a Band-Aid solution where we're trying to take data from existing systems and and try and link it together. We've solved the how do you get quality data in, how do you get data from humans, i.e. your frontline team members, uh, and then how do you get data from systems, and then how do you have a complete... um, structured process around how dots get connected all the way through to at the click of a button how do you build out investigations at other retailers and law enforcement to drive outcomes so again this is end-to-end stuff that we've been working towards for years so super super exciting um specifically on the retail crime intelligence hub one of the things you need to think about is like how do you create seamless workflows end to end across these systems and you really put yourself in the shoes of the end user, whether that be, you know, the team member in store or the investigator, um, with ultimately the outcome of how do we stop these bad actors coming into our stores, um, driving loss and unsafe situations. So that's kind of the end to end stuff that we've been looking at, but yeah, it's, it's really exciting now to see years of work and investment starting to come to fruition.
1: Right on. And you both touched on something which, you know, I've always uh, thought of, and I have seen it developing out there in the market. And you both kind of mentioned best of breed. And that is one of the things that a hub like this allows the retailers to do is take advantage of best of breed. And what is best of breed for one retailer may not be the best for another, right? So it's, it's the ability to, to layer on whatever, you know, particular AI or technology works in their environment. No one can be the best at everything. It's just impossible. But by allowing this this hub, this ability to plug in what works for you, what's best for you, what's best for your team and your business, allows the retailers to essentially build their own best of their breed, so to speak. So, Tom, let me go back to you um, from an investment scale Talk a little bit about what it really took uh, in order to 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 pursue, quite honestly, this is, you know, this is a, a big project. This is kind of a brass ring, as you would. So what did it take for uh, Aura to be able to pursue that?
2: Yeah, so we're, a, um, you know, a scale-up, fast-growing. So the, the biggest kind of cost we have to think through is really the opportunity cost of what we're focusing on. You know, when we're working with so many awesome large retailers around the world, like there's so many things that we could do. if we really want to be deliberate and build the most impactful things you know we might only be able to make five strategic bets in a year so yes we're always releasing features you know every month and all of that sort of stuff but in terms of like really moving the needle and try to drive some of these step changes like we might only be able to across a year make five strategic bets and so um that's the big opportunity cost is like weighing up like is this Is this um, this stream that we're going to establish around the retail crime intelligence hub going to make a bigger difference than other things we could otherwise be working on? And you have to be just so deliberate around those um, kind of trade-off discussions. Um, And so that that's the that's the big one for us. So with this particular hub, we've been working on it. You've had a stream working out for over a year, we've developed out a set of APIs, and I think we're going to talk through some examples later. So I'll, I'll leave it with there. But it's it's really that opportunity cost of what else could we be doing, and is this the best way that we can move the needle for our retail partners in the industry.
1: Right on. So this didn't just happen last night.
2: (laughs) No, I I wish, I wish we could dream it up in a night and make it all happen, but yeah, no, it didn't.
1: (laughs) Right on. Uh, That's, that's, that's really cool. And it's exciting to, to see uh, an organization like Aura, you know, take advantage of this, not take advantage. That's probably the wrong word, but, but to seize on it and, and really build something to provide for the market and make a difference. So, let me ask you guys this, and this may be a little controversial, but let's face it: traditional case management has existed for a long time, right? I actually like to prefer prefer calling it case reporting because that's really all it is. I don't think it's really managing anything much. Um, so, tell me what what is the impact of an RCI hub versus that of traditional case reporting? I mean, case management. I'll uh, I'll, I'll go to you, Bobby. I've, I've let I've let Tom talk for a while, so I'll go to you.
0: I mean, I am hearing Tom talk. I'm, I'm getting excited about what we're going to <laughs> do in this space, just hearing him talk about the product. Uh, so, you know, the difference between, you know, or, or how the difference between case management and retail crime intelligence and the crime intelligence hub, like my, my first response or first answer to that, Hedgie, is you actually can't have a retail crime intelligence hub with traditional case management. And why is that? Traditional case management is reporting the news, as you just said, right? <laughs> this happened. Here's here's what happened. It's siloed. It's not built. And, and a lot of the times it's built to just record that. It wasn't built in a way from the ground up to actually look at structured data, to look at the intelligence that's coming in to capture quality data. And it, it's, it's not going to work. You could feed the data in from all these different sources, but it's just going to be more work for your investigators, for your AP team to sort through and say, well, okay, is that pair of glasses the same as that pair of glasses? Is that white strip and that guy stealing that white strip the same person? It's not, it's fundamentally not possible. All you will be doing is recording that I had 27 non-scans at self-checkout. And what are you going to do with that in a store in a day? So, so that's probably the first answer that I, that I would give to that. This, the second answer is when you look at all of the different technologies that are out there that you can use, there's certain technologies that you're gonna, you're gonna use all of them in your high risk stores, right? Like your, your worst of the worst stores are gonna get the full deployment of your technology you know, capability. But you're gonna have you know, podunk stores in the middle of nowhere that are lower risk that probably aren't gonna get all of that technology. And maybe they'll only get one or two of those. With a crime intelligence hub, Because you're capturing that data, you're removing the silos at the high risk stores and across your entire organization, you get benefits at your lower risk store. We see it with our customers all the time without a crime intelligence hub, just the collaboration that happens in the platform. You'll have an ORC group running up and down the West Coast and also they'll show up in prior Oklahoma. And an associate at the front door at this store knows who that person is because we've removed the silos of that intelligence. They know that that person is violent. They know what that person typically does at self-checkout. And they can put themselves into a position to prevent, to avoid some sort of safety event. So that's the difference. If we can start getting all of these data points into one spot, you're gonna get benefits at your high risk stores. You're gonna get benefits with other retailers. You're gonna get benefits on investigation. And most importantly, you're empowering that intelligence across your entire front line to make the right decision at the right time. So, um, you know, the last piece that I would say kind of my third point is think through, as Dr. Reed would say, the red shopper experience and the green shopper experience. With a crime intelligence hub, you can put different spots in place and add different friction for those red shoppers because you know who they are, what they're doing, and so you can make it a lot harder for them to steal or be violent in your stores. And that's where they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere else, right? They're they're not gonna frequent your location, uh, and that's uh, that's probably the biggest the biggest difference because you have totality of the view from all these different technology sources in one spot and you know what they're doing and, and you can actually impact and influence change and get into a prevention stance. So you know, that's kind of long-winded, what I see the difference between retail crime intelligence and case management is.
1: No, oh, I love it. it. It Long-winded is fine because it, I'm, I'm like you, I get excited by this stuff, right? I love hearing more about it. So Tom, from a, a product perspective, um, you know the impact of a RCI hub versus traditional case management
2: yeah i mean obviously just want to echo all the points that that bobby made um and i think one of the parts that bobby was talking about there is around network effects um and you know we've done a podcast on that but i think it's a topic we actually need to talk about more because it's so powerful in this concept of how do we reduce crime in our communities And, and our belief at aura is that it takes a community um you know to to reduce crime and so really understanding like you know when someone looks at aura and they might look at a traditional case management system they'll go hey Yeah, I can see that the UX of Aura is better, but like it just looks a little bit prettier, but they don't, it's really hard for them to understand the power of the network effects until they do a proof of concept and they start and Mm. and then the light bulb kind of goes and and that's why we've never lost a customer. And, you know, that's why many of our customers are reducing shrink at a time where shrinks, you know, going through the roof for for many other retailers. So it's it's a really important concept that I think we need to unpack a little bit more. Um, And then probably the last piece is just, again, what Bobby touched on, but I'm cautious of sounding too flippant here, but at the end of the day, traditional or legacy case management systems just aren't architected to do what Aura is doing, which is solving the anonymity problem across systems, across stores, across retailers, and, and enabling collaboration with law enforcement and that whole data network uh, kind of piece that we just talked about. Like, they're not built to do that. I mean, it's kind of funny to think about um, you know, one of the the major players in the industry in that case management space is basically built on a CRM, which is a sales system. And this is the system that we're trying to protect our stores at a time where so many people being violent, like crime's going through the roof, and we're wondering why it's not working. So um probably enough said there, but yeah.
0: No, that makes a lot of actually, sense. Tom, Go ahead. Actually, away, I buddy. might jump in because you know, Tom Tom got me excited with that as he said his his flippant comment at the end, but I, I for those practitioners that are sitting here and listening to this and you and you look at the data that you're reviewing and trying to analyze in your traditional case management system and if you're sitting there saying it's complex it's hard to analyze it's hard to understand and synthesize what is my problem what are my trends like what do i need to focus in on if you're having that right now try jamming in data points from all these different other systems and then make sense of that same data that's really what tom is is getting after here you you have to have a structured way to handle that otherwise you are going to take that fire hose that you're already drinking from and you're going to throw four more fire hoses in your mouth and it's going to be impossible so you know that's, that's just to kind of you know close that loop a little bit more as a practitioner it is something for you to think about as you're sitting here listening what would my case management system look like with data points from all these other different systems
1: you're absolutely right. And you mentioned earlier, you mentioned big data, right? And big data has been a buzzword in the industry for a long time. And that's one, one of the problems with big data is just that it's big data. So with... Data in and of itself is not the answer. It's not the solution. But when you've got the, the, uh, the structured data, when you've got the, the, uh, the information behind it, the action behind it and the aggregation of that data and the, and the ability to manage that data, that gives you the intelligence. That gives you something you can act upon. That gives you information that is usable instead of information that is just there. So that, I mean, it, it's great stuff, guys. So what, what does this mean? For the retailers in actually reducing crime at scale, because let's face it, the retailers we're talking about today are not one and two locations, right? They have tremendous number of locations, uh, so scalability is critically important. So, what does this mean for the retailers to to approach it and reduce crime and violence in their stores at scale, Bobby?
0: Yeah, I think you know you're you're putting everything into one spot. You're analyzing the data faster, you have trends, you know, you know what your, the true problems are. Um, and that, that's how you can get to reducing crime at scale. So Tom at the start of this talked about, uh, you know, what Josh said from Walmart at LPRC, and, and they've identified the 10% of people causing 94% of their loss. Those individuals are also four times more likely to be violent and aggressive. So you know, who is causing the loss, you know who is being violent, and your team can spend the time focusing in on them. They don't need to worry about the other 90% or or the other individuals that are in and out of the source because they're focusing in on the right people, and that's how you actually make a big impact on crime and violence at scale. Um, you know, kind of the 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 last piece that that I would add to that and, and something that we haven't talked a lot about today is by focusing in on those individuals, and keeping them out of their store, out of your store, and preventing them through the crime intelligence hub, what you're doing is actually protecting out of stocks. You're keeping products on the shelf. You're protecting your guest experience. And I can guarantee you, your merchants, your store experience teams are spending billions of dollars on that guest experience. And if you can keep that 10% of people that are violent, that are aggressive, that are ruining the guest experience out of your stores. I can't tell you how much benefit there is around sales, shrink reduction, safety, and just overall brand and reputational awareness of, of the retail Absolutely. environment. So that's how you make a big impact, I think, at scale with this.
1: Absolutely. I, I agree 100%. Uh, you know, it, it allows you to focus on, on the problem right? And focus on the people that are causing the problem. And for any anyone that's been in retail loss prevention, they know that obviously shrink is a bottom line number, right? They are impacting the bottom line. But when you're deploying technologies that can also, as you mentioned, help with the customer experience, help with an uplift in sales, now you're impacting the top line too. Who else in any other individual retail discipline has the ability to impact the bottom line along with the top line at the same time? It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh Tom, what about uh, what are your thoughts uh, from your side?
2: Yeah, I think um just to come at it from a different nuance than Bobby, I think like when again, when people practitioners think about case management, like often the system is built around the idea of, you know, how do we enable things to get reported in from the stores and you know, at a corporate level, whether that be in the field or at the support office, you know, how do we build investigations? Like that's kind of one big use case and the other piece is, you know, like what data Reporting can we have out of that in terms of managing upwards around you know the extent of the problem um, at our organisation, and so that is all true. Uh, but what gets really lost is you know you need to empower your front line. Like at the end of the day, these people are coming in and hitting your stores, and if. Um, The people in the stores don't know who's coming in and that actually they're there to steal three Dysons and they're violent and they've just hit three other stores in the last two hours. Like you're really never going to move the needle and and that's a different way of talking about the power of network effects. And so Aura really isn't built to be a one-way information flow. It's built to be a network and and, and you need to think through what are all the different jobs that need to be done within a retail organisation that can help reduce loss. So yeah, all the things that the Asperger Asset protection function does at a support office really really important. All the work that the investigation layer really really important. But that whole empowering the front line has really been underinvested in and underthought about um, in our opinion.
1: Right on. Um, so, what about how does this help the retailer from a, a productivity standpoint? Right from a just in general time saving, doing their jobs and, and getting things done. I'll open that up to either one of you guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, jumping in from the practitioner, sorry, Tom, uh, from the practitioner perspective, you know, if you, without this approach, you've probably got five, six, seven different systems that your teams are logging into. And they're either exporting that data out and living in Excel spreadsheets, trying to make dot connections across those multiple uh, multiple systems, or they're staring at hours of video trying to say, oh, that looks like Tom, or that doesn't look like Tom, and it looks like Tom in this video and not in that one. It's just a lot of, a lot of wasted time when really, at the end of the day, they should be just focusing in on the people that are caught the people that they know that are causing the most amount of loss and violence so I think that's you know probably the one of the larger productivity savings um, you know the other thing that when we think about is there's probably a lot of noise that happens in a lot of these different systems false positives things that that happen in all technology systems so one of the things that we're thinking about and Tom can talk more about in, in this space is, How do you reduce that noise and how do you focus your team in on the right events, the right incidents, the right intelligence and and not worry about, you know, the the random noise that happens, the false positives, things like that that can happen in all of these different systems uh, and focus on the right events. So I think those two pieces are probably huge productivity and time savings um, when we look at the retail crime intelligence hub.
1: Right on. Tom, anything to add?
2: Yeah, I think I'd just add, like, we've touched on this in two different ways in the previous questions, but again, it's thinking about the end-to-end workflow um, of the user, and one of Bobby's points was that, like, it's really easy to do a basic integration between systems and move data from one system to the other. But like you're not making it more manageable or usable. And at the end of the day, I think, uh, Hedgie said the sort of the four fire hoses, um, you know, like at the end of the day, you're not making it any easier. So for us, again, it's like, how do you do a deliberate integration so that when one system pushes information into the other, it's not just pushing, say, a, a PDF of maybe it was an exception-based reporting-based internal investigation. It's not just pushing that PDF into say aura, it's actually creating a whole um, investigation with all the dynamic events that get linked together with video footage and connecting people, and you know it's again it's this this can't emphasize this enough around being deliberate and trying to be really thoughtful around what integration is, um, rather than just moving data around because at the end of the day, there's no way that um, AP organizations are going to be able to handle it otherwise.
1: no I think you're absolutely right. So everyone loves a story everyone loves a good success story uh what about uh what about some examples of where you've seen this be effective and and uh, maybe implemented and effective out there in the industry
2: yeah so one of our um earlier kind of endeavors around connected ecosystem uh was to um integrate and create a product around license plate recognition with the idea being that a lot of these um prolific offenders are obviously going store to store they're using a vehicle to get from store to store and so therefore being able to identify when those vehicles are going from store to store would be a super helpful to help those stores prevent them and be really really helpful from an investigative perspective and in kind of stitching everything together so um, what we did with that again being deliberate is we felt With Aura, we already know um, which people are associated to which vehicles, and that always gets connected together. So we could actually manage the whole process of figuring out what vehicles should become vehicles of interest to the retailer. Uh, And so what I mean by that is within Aura, a retail partner can say, okay, any vehicle that's been involved in more than three events within a 12-month period, Uh, where the events have had a value of more than $500, uh, and maybe the people uh, associated to the vehicle have demonstrated threatening or violent behavior. Though any time a vehicle within the Aura platform meets that criteria, it automatically becomes a vehicle of interest, uh, and automatically any Um, retail site that that visits um, for that retailer that has license plate recognition, they're going to get a real-time alert in the store. But it's not just alert to say, hey, ABC123 has been detected. It's alert to go ABC123, here's the previous things the vehicle's been involved in, here's the people associated to the vehicle, here's the, ta- the products they target, you know, be careful of this person um, known to be threatening. Um, and, and and at the same time, at the, you know, the emergency command centre, we're also giving these real-time alerts so that at a support office um, setting, they are also got a, a real-time overview of what's going on in, in their stores uh, and they're able to see um, kind of what's happening. So, Sorry to give you a long overview, but to bring that into results, um, you know, with one of the retail partners that's doing this, um, just in one store for one month, they're detecting five vehicles of interest a day. Um, they're One of those people each day has previously displayed threatening or violent behavior. Um, 25% of those vehicles are coming from out of regions, so they're traveling to these stores to steal, um, and these stores that are leveraging license plate recognition are having um, a lower loss than the stores that aren't using um, license plate recognition, uh, and this they're, they're pre- we're estimating a um, an average um, increase in savings of ten thousand dollars a month through use of all this technology, and and so now that retailer has gone very quickly, obviously from. Being on one store to now rolling it out to you know a quarter of their fleet um, because they saw a payback period of um, you know a hundred days and a ROI of seven hundred and ninety percent, but more importantly, less situations where their staff are getting put at risk and and you know it's hard to put a number on that one, but it's very very critical and that's what's keeping the executives awake at night.
1: Wow, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the difference between data and intelligence. <laughs> that's really cool, Bobby. Do you have anything uh, to, to share?
0: Yeah I mean you know here here in North America we're really just getting started in in this space around the crime the retail crime intelligence hub uh we've got a couple of customers and partners here in North America that are in the last couple of couple of months have started um integrating different systems into into the hub uh you know Tom talks about a great example there and and I I want to bring back that vehicle of interest rules and talk a little bit more around that cuz there's One of our partners here in North America just just went live with license plate recognition in the last couple of weeks. Um, and they used that, they used and enabled that vehicle of interest rule list. And so they put together their rules. They looked back a full year. They said if it was X dollars and if they were violent and if they had multiple events. So they put all those rules in place. And then we went and looked and then the system automatically goes back and looks at all those vehicles that match that and enrolls them in that vehicle of interest list as soon as we press save inside of the platform. And when they did that, they enrolled 2,200 vehicles and they have only been live for six months on the platform. So 2,200 vehicles. And just to give, uh, going back to the productivity savings that you asked about earlier, Hedgie, that same retailer was piloting another license plate recognition solution that they had to manually enroll vehicles of interest in that system. And in the six months they were piloting that system, they had only enrolled 15 vehicles of interest, and that was requiring hours of time by their analyst team to enroll those. So you went from 15 to 2,200 vehicles of interest, and now you're generating alerts to the frontline, empowering that frontline. I'm excited to see the results they get as we continue to move forward with them, but that's just one great example of how using the right systems and not case management, not, you know, none, none of that stuff, and actually using retail crime intelligence and, a, and built in a way thoughtful from day one to make the most out of your data, that's how you make a difference when it comes to retail crime and violence.
1: Absolutely. And that, you know what? And that's why we're here. We're here to make a difference, right? Uh, guys, this has been, man, I, I, I'm sure you see me grinning like crazy the whole time. This has been really fun. It's been it's so exciting and informative you know, for a lot of us who've been serving the industry for Quite a while. Uh it's it's good to see you know solutions that really are they're making a difference. They're making an impact. And and uh, I appreciate what you're doing, uh qu- quite honestly. So in the last little bit of time we have here, um tell me about the future. Get out your crystal balls, look into the future, and where do you see uh this concept going in the future? We'll go to back to you, Tom.
2: Yeah, so I think um that's you know, we're we're working through a bunch of these different integrations. Obviously, we just talked about the LPR one. Um, you know, a lot of our retail partners are, are turning to you know facial recognition. Um, so, you know, exploring you know how do we make that even more robust, good enterprise controls in place, get the balance between privacy and safety kind of right. So that's an ongoing discussion. Um, You know, we've been working with the team at Apris. They've been doing a Secure 5 integration. Um, You know, we're starting to explore VMS integrations for our different retail partners. So like there really is just... Just a lot here, and it's about we're really customer driven, right? So um, it's about when our retail partners come to us and they go, "Hey, we've just um, you know decided to do a big investment in EverSeen, which is obviously an awesome solution." Um, we really want EverSeen and Aura working together, or you know, "Hey, we're rolling out Gatekeeper. We really want Gatekeeper and Aura working together," and then we work hard to to make that happen.
0: Right on.
1: That
2: makes total sense.
0: I mean, you know. Hedgy crystal balls, that's always a tough question for me. You know, like, would I have told you 15 years ago that I'd be working for Aura and I'd be in the retail space? No, I mean, you look at that airplane behind me, I was an airline (laughs) pilot before I joined Target. Like, no idea, you know, I've got some ideas of, of what this will look like in the future. But I think the biggest thing is what this looks like in the future totally depends on the retailer. And the retailer going back and analyzing their technology ecosystem and what spots can they rethink how they're using that technology, how they're using that data from the technology, and then work with partners like Aura. And and, and it's not just Aura. There's a lot of other great solution partners that want to be consultants and help you through this journey of how you rethink your technology ecosystem. And you know what? There's probably a day where Aura, you know I would say, hey, Aura might not be the right solution for what you're looking for and looking to solve, and, and that's okay. But as long as you have solution providers that are willing to talk to you about that, have that conversation, that's how you're gonna shape the future. Uh, so I think really just go back, look at your technology ecosystem, think through what you could do differently and partner up with you know, people, people like Tom who want to solve complex problems, are wicked smart and wanna help you on that. So I think that's you know, kind of my last pitch on where do we go in the, in the next year? Um, that, that'd be the, the one big ask and, and, and what we're looking for from the industry.
1: Yeah, you, you had to throw a New England reference in there, didn't you? I I caught that. <laughs> no, but you're you're spot on, and and you know it's something that has been really a, a big topic in the retail community lately. Is you know working closely with your solution providers, solu- solution providers listening closely to your retail partners, and you know finding ways to solve problems. And that's what it's all about. So. Well, gang, I, I really appreciate you guys taking the time today. Uh, like I said, it's been super exciting, super fun. Uh, look forward to many more discussions like this. And uh, now let's uh, let's see if we can get together and get out there and, uh, and fight some crime. So for those of you who'd like to learn more about Aura, what we do and how we can work together, feel free to visit us at www.aura.co. That is is a u-r-o-r.co. C-O. Or just reach out to us. We're pretty easy to get in touch with. Love to help you any way we can. Thanks again, guys.